How's it going, everyone? Thanks for joining me on a new episode of Talking Tracks on the Music Reviewer Podcast. My name is Josh. Yeah, we're uh, doing another Talking Tracks because it seems like that's always the most popular thing on the podcast side and I guess YouTube recently. And uh, yeah, we just uh, we're just back at it with uh, a batch of ten tracks that I think are interesting and cool at the moment. And then, of course, we will. Uh, follow that uh, with uh, the uh, best and worst track of the week segment that is now in its like I guess final form almost because we used to do that literally every week. Now we just drop it every so often where we literally just talk about just the best and worst track of the week. And if you're new to the Music Review Podcast, welcome. Uh, and if you're just new to the Talking Tracks concept, all it is is me talking about the new entries. Uh, that came into the Billboard Hot 100, um, and then this week we're just or this episode of Talking Tracks we're just going to be covering the the month of February. We're a little bit behind because it's June already, uh, but um, yeah, March, April, May, and then I guess eventually June uh, we will get to at some point. But I think uh, I think yeah, this year I, I had to look at the current state of the hot 100 it looks pretty standard i will say there is uh, a lot more country than i've seen in the past few months uh for instance parmalee probably one of the most uh, uh forgettable country acts of recent memory uh, they have a 22 ranked song on the hot 100 right now uh ahead of like kodak black and uh other artists that I think are way more relevant, but uh, that's beyond the point. Uh, there's a bunch of album bomb remnants in here from like Kendrick Lamar, Post Malone, and Bad Bunny, it looks like. And yeah, I will say that one thing I've noticed is Bad Bunny's still pretty relevant in terms of Hot 100. Uh, the tracks are spread all over, but he has two of the top ten, so we'll get more into that here in a sec, but let's just go ahead into the get into the talking track segment. Uh, where we talk about just 10 tracks that I think are pretty cool right now. Uh, first one was 2001 by Foles, veteran indie rock act at this point that has lost maybe about half of its original lineup. Uh, pretty much just comprised of like the front man and like maybe the lead guitarist at this point. Um, but anyways, they're still doing their thing. They still sound interesting. Um, this track in particular, I like the upbeat, energetic presence, uh, that they bring to their brand of indie rock. The scratchy guitar hook kind of helps them evolve past their typical chirpy staccato guitar usage. Uh, the band seems to be moving past just being a rock band on this track as well. They're leaning more, like, on the pop side, uh, and, like, leaning more, I guess, to maybe attract more fans outside of just maybe the indie rock bass they have. Uh, I hear, like, a slight clash influence the band the clash on here so uh i think this is a cool way for them to evolve um i can't really i'm not sure though if they can really do much in this sort of realm of like indie pop where they lean more on the pop because the the best foals tracks have been more of just like these sort of hard-hitting grooves where the band plays tightly as an ensemble and there's a bunch of energy but i can kind of see where they're going here and it's not bad uh next track Blessing by Alex G. Um, Alex G doing his thing, constantly making original music with uh, a fresh sound and kind of just not really sticking to just one thing. 
Uh, here we, I love the gritty and distorted synths that introduce introduce the track, uh, which show up every now and again in like interlude sections. And I dig the relaxed feel coming from the Chris drum track that guides most of the track um, and guides most of the instrumentation on the track. Uh, I like the mysterious question and answer between like lead guitar and Alex's whispering vocals on the verses, and the. The, the fullness of all the textures when combined is just quite beautiful. Lots of color in the mix overall. It's a cool song. Um, I, I think this means there's also an album coming soon. If not, a project that I might have missed, but I don't think he's dropped an album yet. Um, next track, Interpol, or Fables by Interpol, another indie, veteran indie rock act. This, uh, this time being American, um, I'm sure... Um, if you're now no stranger to the post-punk revival, New York, Interpol is definitely one of those names that goes along with all those acts. I will say, um, ever since they're, uh, in the mid 2010s, when they came back from hiatus, they, they kind of gotten a little stale. Um, because that El Pintor, that album they came back with was, uh, one of my favorite Interpol albums. Uh, but it, they just have not been able to get back to that level. Fables, uh, I will say, another disappointing cut from them. Uh, it's definitely more on the lighter side in terms of like Interpol. There's a, definitely a laid back nature here. Um, I believe the lead singer, frontman Paul, his vocals seem a tad more buried in the mix than usual. It seems like it's more of a symptom of him maybe being unable to project as loud as he could have in the past. Um, and then it's just a weaker cut guitar, guitar wise. Usually there's more, uh, energy behind the instrumentals. Um, and it just kind of seems like the guitar and other aspects of the track are just there because they are quote unquote a band and a guitar based act. Um, but you know, they, they, a lot of the, uh, textures and instrumentation doesn't really add much to the track, unfortunately. Another, uh, cool track though, after this, uh, Interpol one, uh, by Remy Wolf with Michael. I believe this is a, a lead single after the recent album she dropped last year. I, I do think this is fresh. If I'm wrong, sorry. Uh, but yeah, the cool track here. I love the hookiness uh, that kicks the track right off from the get-go. Uh, Remy's vocals fluctuate between her falsetto to hit the Michael notes. Those moments when it happens is quite nice. Uh, and then more of like a grungy rock side here from Remy. Uh, that is shown on this track. Pretty cool track overall. There's a lot of emotional tension on here uh, that's quite apparent. It helps bring the track uh, a sort of sense of captivation overall. So uh, you can hear a lot of like different emotions on here. Desperation, anger, love maybe on here. Uh, definitely probably one of my favorite Remy Wolf tracks I've heard. Um, next track was actually a bit of a surprise, mainly because we don't I have not heard much of this artist, and I think they should be a little bit more relevant. But I think that's just a consequence of them maybe not dropping as much music as they could have. Uh, Princess Nokia with Diva. This is probably one of the best um, R&B rap cuts I've heard from uh, a female artist in quite some time. I love the soft, smooth timbre of Nokia's vocals while singing and rapping. Uh, the smooth 2000s R&B aesthetic here on this track is definitely alive and well. The trumpet samples thrown in to color the track as opposed to just being cheaply used. Uh, like so much pop music abused in the 2010s. I'm looking at you, Neil Soul. Um, and I like the overall theme of this track. Um, 
of just like looking up to other uh, female pop artists that came before her. And I like the aspect of just having appreciation here. And it's just a hooky course overall. One of these tracks that uh, deserves to probably be a hit, but probably, you know, maybe it's good that uh, she's kind of staying under the radar. Next track, Blue Light by Hazel English. Um, her last album was one of the first reviews we did on this podcast, and it's probably one of my favorite albums from the twenty from the year 2020. Uh, definitely the sound uh, from that album has gone on the uh, by the wayside for Hazel English because she certainly evolved at this point on especially with this track um the vocals I think are mixed a bit softer uh than uh, I would like in contrast with the rich instrumentals on here and the overall, overall direction on the track is quite intriguing however for like a Hazel English track it's uh different as well and she has certainly evolved past her debut where she was also essentially kind of like a cut copy from Daywave um here on this track the piano keyboard sounds um, are at the forefront of the track. However, it's just mixed a bit weird. Um, there's a rich fullness to this that has a sort of evolved past like her dreamy dream pop norms. Um, but I don't mind this. I think there's potential. I'd like to definitely see where she goes in the context of a whole uh, project, like an album. Next one from uh, another uh, another indie rock vet at Phoenix, this time going back to Europe, France. Uh, with Alpha Zulu, um, this is a cool track. I've, I will say, I've not been disappointed um, by Phoenix um, as a like as opposed to other indie rock contemporaries uh, that they were relevant with, like around the early two thousand tens, late two thousands. This track has that sort of danciness and energy we had in Tiamo. That was an underrated album, in my opinion. The groovy, syncopated bass track driving this here is quite familiar with a lot of the stuff that happened on the album um and it's very much sort of like an aesthetic track for phoenix there's some quirky features on here but it's a bit loopy in the sense that much of everything just repeats over and over there's not much uh, evolution past that and i think the track might have had more potential uh that was close to being tapped into which is disappointing they kind of just stopped at a certain point but uh not a bad track overall uh, next one was is probably one of the more uh, interesting tracks this week by Sky Ferriera. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm not gonna check if I said that right. She, um, of course, is uh, the forgotten, I guess, uh, indie pop star from the 2010s. Uh, with the track "Don't Forget," I've always liked her music. I think she's had potential, but I guess some unfortunate circumstances has prevented her. Uh, with various things, um, but um, I, I think had she had released more music and really uh, toured and just kept a consistent sort of uh, catalog coming, uh, she'd probably be a lot bigger than she is now. <clears throat> but this track is great. There's a dreamy 80s-esque style to that, uh, to this track that Sky shines on. She usually shines on these new wave sort of tracks. Um, and it works for her. It, it just does. It, it makes me wish we would have had more music from her, obviously, like I said earlier. And I like the energy that the electric drum machine brings to this track. The wobbly, gritty bass track is nice as well. That brings a lot of color to everything. And yeah, it's just a cool track overall. Uh, hopefully, this means a full project. All right, next track uh, by Matt Mason uh, with Blood Runs Red. Um, 
when I was like picking out tracks, uh, I was kind of struggling, struggling to find stuff that's like super fresh. This is, I guess, from the month of May, <laughs> not super fresh, but I was under the impression that it was. But I still wanted to talk about this track, um, especially because the artist Matt Mason here. They had a sort of like pseudo hit with the song Hallucinogenics, especially like on the alt radio side. Um, you've probably definitely heard this track. It's a, it's it's essentially like a folk pop track. Um, and I was expecting to hear maybe something more along those lines here. So I wanted to just t check this out. Um, <clears throat> but we really just got here uh, a track that just really drives home on the contemporary alternative aesthetics like the drilling heavy synths that structure the chorus on a bunch of alternative music. I guess, take your pick, maybe like stuff that Imagine Dragons is really big on. Also, the spaced out percussion over the mid-tempo, accompanied by anthemic vocals, a la Imagine Dragons again. Uh, thought we would get a bit more originality since this guy released uh, a really strong track, I think, with Hallucinogenics. Uh, but the bridge section here is like much stronger than the rest of the track, uh, where we get like some soul influence... And uh, it kind of just diverges from the overbearing all-rock aesthetics, but not a bad track. But uh, I definitely was not expecting this sort of stuff to come from uh, this artist, Matt Mason. Uh, but I will, uh, I guess, check out more music from this guy, because I still think there's potential there. Um, <clears throat> and then Last Track was one that uh, kind of caught me off guard, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, a band that I'm not really familiar with. This is the first track I've ever heard from them. Uh, they are called The Haunted Youth with the track Broken. Um, this track kind of opens up with like a pretty common shoegaze dive-esque aesthetic. Dive as in the band. Uh, that It caught my attention with how similar it sounded. But the lead guitar material as the song kicked in was more of like a new wave sort of flock of sea seagulls thing going on. Uh, which I thought was interesting. Uh, the vocals are interesting feature as well. They're not necessarily distinguishable, but uh, still somewhat original in a sense, if that makes sense. Uh, they're whispering and soft in a weird way, and it works for this track. Uh, so there is an original sound <laughs> overall. Uh, the track is a bit one-dimensional and derivative. Um, again, kind of not really making sense here with my point. But I guess if you listen to the track, you might be able to get what I'm saying. I still think it was enjoyable, especially in the driving instrumental interlude section where there's a lot of energy, distorted guitars that are still... Uh, you can hear a lot of the performances and kind of get what they were going with this. So, uh, interesting track. I'm interested in this band. So, yeah. Pretty cool um, song by The Haunted Youth. But yeah, those, that's the batch of 10 songs. <clears throat> Hopefully I can get another 10 uh, sooner rather than later. That concludes the this segment of Talking Tracks. We're going to move forward now with Best and Worst Track of the Week for the month of February. So, yeah, kind of late on talking about February, um, but if I had to be completely honest, um, pop music has been a bit of a weird place, in my opinion, just because of, like, the output I've seen. Uh, not a huge... There hasn't been, like, a huge artist, in my opinion, this year that has kind of taken anyone by storm that's sort of fresh. Unless I'm just been living under a rock or I'm not on TikTok enough. But, um, like, last year, I guess it was Olivia Rodrigo. Um, <clears throat> and then I guess I've heard some complaints about, like, where the summer bangers. Um, I'm not sure. But, um, 
<clears throat> Since we're on the month of February, we'll talk about February. I just wanted to give a brief rundown of some of the highlights I saw on like this current chart, which if you're listening to this right now, uh, this might be the previous week, but the, I looked at the week of June 18th, so very much so into summer. There has been some interesting phenomenons in terms of like pop culture, for instance, running up that hill by... Uh, the uh, legendary Kate Bush uh, is number four on the Hot 100, and that's a that's on a rise. She de- that song debuted uh, as number eight uh, on the chart because of the uh, usage of the track on Stranger Things. I'm not going to go with too into it, but it caught storm amongst Gen Z, and um, the song's getting the recognition it deserves, and hopefully that means Kate Bush's as well. Um, so yeah, interesting phenomenon there, um, as it was by Harry Styles, number one, which is cool, uh, it's been on the chart for a while, 10 weeks, and it's, uh, it's just number one right now, and I guess this is the Summer Banger maybe, which is interesting, because it's not a hip-hop or trap song, which I'm not necessarily complaining about, um, but yeah, not too much other interesting things though, I mean, Big Energy by Lotto is at number seven, which when I first heard that track, I thought it was completely uh, forgettable, but I guess it caught on, uh, and it samples uh, that Tom Tom Club track um, that I guess has been sampled in various other tracks in the past, so I figured people would have caught on to that and just kind of saw the little cheap gimmick that's being played there. Uh, the two bad, There's two Bad Bunny tracks in the top ten. Titi me preguntó. And Me Porto Bonito. Um, yeah, so Bad Bunny is relevant as ever. I guess I missed an album drop by them. Um, and I have covered their pre- past previous albums. So uh, maybe an album review. We'll see. I I do dig Bad Bunny. But at this point, um, you know, definitely they're just kind of releasing to stay relevant, I think. Um, and this week, of course, is a Post Malone album bomb. Post Malone did drop an album this summer. Which there is, uh, there is a track here that debuted at number nine, featuring Doja Cat. Go figure. Um, have not heard the album. Don't really care for listening to it. Uh, no diss on Post Malone though. Just not really my favorite artist at this point. And uh, Zach Bryan. This is the most interesting thing that I think is on the Hot 100 right now. Uh, independent country artist, at least I think, still at this point. Although they've gotten like a lot of traction over the past year i'd say and i don't know it's because he signed some sort of distribution deal or what whatever it may be um i'm seeing them on festival lineups and uh they're definitely past the days where this guy is a just a diy dude making music in like a diy studio somewhere in the middle of nowhere um i did listen to this track that he's charting on it's number 37 on the hot 100 and now something in the orange been on it's been on for seven weeks um and I, it probably won't get much higher but it's just interesting in the least because i mean right now it's in front of a jason aldean track um so it, it and the track is not nashville like boyfriend country stuff it's uh definitely true to his brand of country which is a sort of uh, <clears throat> outlaw, independent sort of deal. Um, so yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool phenomenon there. And um, let's go ahead and talk about February, uh, won't we? So 
Um, I will say February did not have much going on. Um, but I, I will say there wasn't anything that was like absurdly bad either. Like February, the week of February 5th, it was a young boy, never broke again, album bomb, which, you know, it, it was a big taxing to get through. There was an interesting track between, uh, Kalani and Young Blue with Beautiful Eyes. I almost got that. I was gave that best track of the week. Um, and then that Light Switch song by Charlie Puth I thought was interesting as well. Nothing else I really... Uh, there wasn't really much else to talk about because of the album bomb. So, best track of the week was A Young Boy Never Broke Again track was Long Live. Um, it's just... It, it, was, it won by default because it was probably just the least annoying track on this album. Um, I like the subtle electronic synth melodies on here. Young Boy sounds present the entire track and executes quite seamlessly without much pauses or interludes and no features, which I kudos to him on that. Not much of a hook on here, but the chorus section is still decent and impressive with the back and forth between the rapping and vocals. Um, I will say uh, there there is some merit there on a lot of these um, newer, I guess, post-SoundCloud rap uh, trap guys <clears throat> that, uh, a lot of them are super talented in terms of like being able to rap with a decent flow and go between vocals. So, um, it kind of just makes me, I think they're kind of rap is sort of evolving where you have to do both now in some facets. So yeah, pretty cool. Um, track in that set, uh, sense, but, uh, worst track of the week was a young boy never broke again track with no switch. Um, it sounds like a pretty standard young boy broke again song. Uh, there's an aggressive flow with triplet bass hits. So yeah, you can expect that from a lot of his tracks. Uh, there's a kind of like loose sort of flair to this where nothing really seems all that organized. Again, not surprising. The lyrics are just incredibly cheesy. I don't think they're well thought out. It becomes clumsy and messy around two minutes and it's just not listenable, I think, at that point. Um, so... Yeah, that was the first week of February. The next week was the week of February 12th. Um, this was a more interesting, this is one of the more diverse weeks, uh, when, of new tracks that enters the Hot 100. There is some diversity here with, uh, a track by Tiesto and Ava Max making the stallion. Um, a Latin artist, Carlos Vives, XXX and Tacion, uh, Miranda Lambert. <clears throat> so yeah, probably one of the more interesting weeks, uh, but probably one of the worst tracks I've heard, actually. An outlier, but one of the worst tracks I've ever heard. But we'll start with the first best track of the week. Um, Johnny P's Caddy uh, by Benny the Butcher and J. Cole. Uh, pretty good track. Um, I, I, I guess Benny the Butcher's part of Griselda because I heard a, a Griselda reference. But I will say the reason why this is best best track of the week is because J. Cole sounds organic over this beat. And it's really good. Um, his presence is definitely dominant uh, over Benny the Butcher, despite Benny the Butcher having a really good verse. And the beat is a bit bare, but um, it could have used some warmth, but it doesn't really matter just because of the rap chops and uh, verses and everything put together by one of the best rappers in the game, admittedly at this point, J. Cole. Um, so yeah, great track. I think it pretty much won by default. There wasn't really anything close, unfortunately. I guess the I like the Tiesto Ava Max track, but... Um, also, I wanted to point out another highlight of this week. Uh, the track Infinity by James Young. I didn't see it on the Hot 100 right now. I'm glad it's gone. It's a pretty bad song. It sounds like if Sia gave up. 
But yeah, speaking of giving up, the Chainsmokers with High, the worst track of the week, they sound like they've given up. Um, I don't know if, if it's because uh, uh, they know they're dying, if no one's really listening to them anymore, and if there's people are listening to them, it's probably you know just diehards. Just a disgusting, dry, plucked guitar texture that just structures this track over like this outdated trap beat. Um, disgusting electronic elements um, and colors thrown into the track to give some sort of sense of development, but it ends up just like deadening the track even further. There's an abrupt abrupt transition to like an early 2010s club breakdown, which are they trying to bring that back? I don't know. And who's who's seriously listening to the Chainsmokers anymore? I really want to know. Um, one of the worst tracks I've heard in a while. That's all I want to say about it. And for the second of last week of February, we have the week of February 19th. Um, I thought this was a very mid-week in terms of quality. Nothing was bad, like terrible, but uh, everything was like around B-ish, if I do a letter grade. Um, honorable mention to Tate McRae's She's All I Want to Be. I think this track, um, uh, even though it's not the most original sort of thing i've heard it kind of hits on some sort of pop rock that we lost in pop music i will say maybe it's a little avril lavigne-esque um but not totally avril lavigne and it has hints of pop punk but this is more of like a on the bridge of being like an adult contemporary track or adult alternative track uh mixed with like some youthful energy uh, and like some like pop sensibilities, which uh, is different from like the other Tate McRae tracks we've heard. But nonetheless, good track, but I didn't think it was the best this week. There's some Machine Gun Kelly and Willow. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly being like the forefront of like the neo-modern post or pop punk sound at the moment. There's a Red Hot Chili Peppers track in here, which... Um, some of the stuff I've heard from that album that they released with Josh or John Frusciante, I don't know. It, it just does not have the same charm of before prior to him leaving the band. It's very interesting. Like they kind of still sound like they have the other guy, Josh Klinghoffer, whatever his name was. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's just a bit of a head scratcher. Um, some good rap cuts, the King Vaughn and Twenty One Savage to track. Uh, don't play that. Also, Scared Money by YG and J. Cole. Money by Gyo. Pretty good track. Um, but worst track of the week. Um, I almost gave it to that uh, Not in ASAP Rocky, which I don't know who Not is. And at this point, it's been so long since I've listened to it. Um, just not a good track. Um, what was worse, what was even worse, though, was Hate or Love by Queen Nija and Big Sean. Do not have. I don't have any idea who Queen Nyjah is. Uh, Big Sean, of course, he's been around for quite a while. This thing is just stale. Uh, it's not terrible, but it's just a, a cliche two thousands R and B, like an R and B love duet between rapper and female artists. Think no matter what I do, all I think about is you. That one track by Nelly and whoever else was on there. Uh, tracks like that. Um, it just seems like it's been done. A thousand times the same way already, and it's been done better as well at this point. Big Sean's opening mini verse is corny. They should have cut it out. Sean's presence is just 
predictable and stale as well. Emo- the emotional catharsis I think this track is going for just doesn't really happen. It's just pretty meh. Um, and I, I, I can't hear in the voice and her performance that Queen Naija does have some chops, but uh, it's, it doesn't really help. This track doesn't really help her out, in my opinion. Best track of the week, honestly, comes by surprise. Uh, when I'm Gone by Katy Perry and Alesso. Yeah, Katy Perry's last album didn't really seem to stick with... Uh, it didn't really seem to stick in general. Uh, but I guess I don't hear anyone talking about it. I didn't hear much buzz about it. It kind of just came and went. Which happens, especially since she's been making music, pop music, going on maybe 20-ish years at this point. Um, she might be on the tail end of her success, which doesn't mean she can not, she can't have any more hits, but, uh, I I will say though, if she can find some sort of niche, kind of just jumping on dance tracks like this with Alessa, which I believe is one of the founding members of Swedish House Mafia, um, may, maybe she can have some sort of, I don't know, reinvention. Because this is a good track. She sounds great on it. The, her husky, smoky tone on here blends so well with the track. Uh, and the track just gets going right off the bat with the dancey, simple club dance hook sang by her. And there's a house beat that brings the right amount of energy and momentum to this. And it's overall very fun. I think that's what this rest of the other tracks needed. Just a hint of fun. Uh, the deep bass hits hit just right as the track sends itself off. And it's not a bad cut. The uh, electronic embellishments and production handled by Lesso, um, I- I'm digging as well. So um, probably an outlier and not something I think Katy Perry might embrace. But uh, we're taking into consideration how well she sounds on this dance club hit. Skipping over to the week of February 26th. Um, this was a Super Bowl week. Um, it was a weird week overall, but there was some old rap cuts that came in because I guess uh, the Super Bowl halftime performance so uh, nothing really too memorable other than that the next episode by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg but I did not get that best track of the week I gave Still Dre by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg best track of the week because it is a classic West Coast rap, uh, rap song the iconic keyboard chord progression that loops over the track somehow provides the right amount of hookiness that it needs Snoop Dogg's performance is quite memorable and one of his best uh, performances ever. Solid track with a lot of angst and grit. I'm sure you've heard it before. Now, uh, no need to explain it any further. Worst track of the week, though, was Bussin' by Nicki Minaj and Lil Baby. Just one of the more, I guess, desperate tracks I've heard by Nicki Minaj. And I, I am a proponent of Nicki Minaj. I will defend her artistically... Uh, over most of her contemporaries. Um, so let's just say that. But this track's bad. Uh, there's a disgusting robotic flow by Nikki that somehow sounds infinitely better when Little Baby adopts it somehow. It's just a dumb idea that's thrown all over this track. The back and forth between Little Baby and Nikki isn't too bad. So the chemistry's there, but I don't really know how relevant this track is is in the context of summer and looking at the recent billboard hot 100 no one's listening to it anymore there was an attempt to make this a little like drill beat centric so there's some effort there but just not very good um so yeah that concludes 
<clears throat> this week's episode, or not this week's, but this segment of Talking Tracks, and I appreciate you sticking to the very end. Um, yeah, we'll do the same thing for March when I get get to it. Hopefully it's not too far away. Uh, but yeah, uh, check out the Music Reviewer on anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, YouTube. We have that YouTube channel up there. Check it out, subscribe, and I'll see you later.